Lies, be careful what you believe. That is the name of this particular series. If I've not met you before, my name is Grant, one of the teaching pastors of Christ the King. I want to welcome everyone who's here at our Bellingham campus. I want to welcome those that are watching at our Ferndale campus and also those who are watching online. Thank you so much for all of you being here. Pain is one of those fat English words that has so many applications, it's hard to even know what it really, really means. I mean, just think about it. There's the pain of a paper cut, and then there's the pain of your team losing in the dying seconds and going to two and five. I'm not being prophetic, okay? There's the pain of stubbing your toe, and, and then there's the pain of seeing a dream that you had die. There's the pain of a headache, and then there's the pain of just being inconvenienced and slowed down in a, in a way that you didn't plan on. There, there's the pain of, of losing a child to a miscarriage. And then there's the pain of, of losing a child to a tragic decision. There's, there's the pain of watching a marriage crumple, and then there's the pain of, of watching, you know, your hard drive melt. And the levels of pain are, are so different, they don't even seem to belong in the same sentence, but, but we've only got one really good word to describe them, and that's the word pain. There, there, there's the emotional pain of, of being wounded. There's the physical pain that comes when, when you're sick. There's the self-inflicted pain that, that comes from, from, from people that try to, to hurt themselves in order to make other pain go away. There, there's the social pain that comes with injustice. There's the spiritual pain that we all experience when we sin. There's pain. And it just kind of comes with being human. When it comes to pain, somebody somewhere back in time started telling a lie. And the lie kind of goes like this. Pain should be avoided at all costs, all right? Now, what I don't want you to do is this. I don't want you to go home and tell your friends that your pastor preached about the benefits of being a masochist, okay? That's not the point. I'm not encouraging anyone to go out and seek pain. I'm not encouraging anyone to wallow in pain, to get stuck in pain, or even to choose pain. In fact, if you can ethically avoid pain, I'd encourage you to do that. I mean, be my guest. But this weekend, I really want to focus on something I think it's so important. I want us to understand that at some level, pain comes with being human, and that God understands that pain, that He wants to walk with us in the pain that each one of us is going to experience because we're people. And before we go too far, we've got to quickly address a couple of sub-lies that you always hear that come along with this big lie, that pain should be avoided at all costs, okay? The first sub-lie goes like this, that God is the source of my pain. I'm going to do my best to be very clear on this one, okay? You ready? That's not true, all right? Just so we're clear. Actually, sin is the source of your pain. Sometimes it's your sin that causes you pain. I mean, if you decide tonight to go out and get wasted and then whack yourself in the head with a ball-peen hammer, I mean, that's you suffering your own kind of pain, and the truth is you deserve it because if you do that, you're an idiot, all right? Sometimes it's your sin. Sometimes it's the effect of the sin of somebody else. We can all feel pain because of somebody else's decision because in our world today, people make evil decisions. And we're also affected by the sin of Adam that goes all the way back to Genesis chapters 1 and 2, back in the Garden of Eden. Now, we need to be really careful not to blame shift all of this pain stuff onto Adam. But the reality is the book of Romans tells us that sin entered through one man. And that's why we live in a broken, cursed world. I mean, I, uh, but I also want to remind you of something else. Not only did sin enter by one man, grace and mercy also entered this world 
by one man, that man being Jesus Christ. And that's what gives us hope in a broken, in a sinful world. The second sub-lie goes like this. God is loving only when He takes my pain away. I wish I had a nice, tidy, pastoral answer for this lie. But I don't, and I get asked it a lot. What I know in my own experience is that there are moments when God says no. That's His answer. Jesus asked in the Garden of Gethsemane for His pain to be taken away, and God said no. And I want to remind you, the reason God said no is because He was in the process of creating a way by which to save your and my souls. That's why He said no. Not only do I know that sometimes God says no, sometimes I know that that pain is actually protection. You know, pain warns you that that, that you should not continue on. I mean, your hand is moving towards a red-hot stove, and the pain receptors in your hand, the nerves, they begin to send a message to your brain. You need to change the trajectory of your hand, or you're going to experience even more pain. So it's actually protection. Don't let your hand go that direction. So what do you do? When the pain receptors kick in, you jerk your hand away. There's only one place on the entire planet where there is no pain. It's in a leprosy colony. People with leprosy have lost the ability to be able to feel pain. And that's why they lose limbs and fingers because there's no boundaries there anymore. Pain's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, sometimes pain is protection. I also know this. I know that there are times when God allows pain to come into our lives. Sometimes the pain is to warn us that we need to correct our course And when we ask for the pain to be removed, when the answer sometimes is no, for us, we have a decision to make in that moment, the decision whether we're going to trust God or whether we're not going to trust God. Every human being in the Bible experienced pain. They were human, so they were not immune. Let me show you some examples. Job was a righteous and godly man. That's what the Bible tells us. He was solid in his face, and then literally all hell broke loose in his life. His entire family was wiped out. His entire fortune was wiped out. His physical body was wiped out. And this is how the Bible describes Job's pain. I put it in your outline. It'll be on the screens. It goes like this. When Job's three friends, Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, Zophar the Namathite, heard about all the troubles that had come upon him, they set out from their homes and met together by agreement to go and sympathize with him and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they could hardly recognize him, and they began to weep aloud. They tore their robes and sprinkled dust on their heads. Job lived out pain. He was racked with pain that absolutely boggles the mind to even try and understand it. Job and God have this long talk about his pain, and in the end, Job is actually restored, and he utters these unbelievable words that come out of this incredible place of being absolutely broken. Job says, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at the end He will stand upon the earth, and after my sin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. Is that how you react when you're in pain? Not me. The pain of Job actually brought the man and his God closer because God was his only hope, his only strength, right in the center of his pain. Here's another example. Here's Paul's pain. The Apostle Paul. I mean, if anyone could have had a a charmed life, it would have been him, right? But that's not what it says. 
Bible says, 2 Corinthians 6, rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, through glory and dishonor, bad report and good report, genuine yet regarded as imposters, known yet regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and yet not killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing and yet possessing everything. Does that sound like an easy life to you? Does that sound like a cakewalk? I mean, I wonder what Paul would say to preachers that we hear these days that say, if you just accept Jesus, it's going to be perfect. Smooth sailing from now on. Just say the little prayer. You're going to be good to go. You're fine. I wonder what Paul would say to that. I wonder if he'd call a big time out and go, excuse me. Have you read any of my books? I got pounded. I got beat up. I got shipwrecked. I got bit by snake. It was just not good. Now, I would do it the same way over again. But there was time when I was in pain. Paul lived in pain. He actually asked God to remove his pain, and he heard God say this, probably not an answer that he wanted, but an answer that touches a lot of us. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Here's one last example. Let's look at Jesus' pain. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane right before He's crucified, and He's pleading for His life, and Luke 22 says this, He withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. That's pain. When you start sweating blood, that's pain. And let's make no mistake, the pain that Jesus was experiencing was the pain of my sin coming on His spotless soul. Jesus was not immune to pain. He came to experience pain so that He could pay our price and understand it. And in the time we've got left, I'd love to show you why it is that we shouldn't avoid pain. Now, just let me just make sure we're really clear on this one because I don't want to get misinterpreted here. I'm not advocating that anybody go out and seek out pain. I'm not saying go, go and bang your head into a cement wall. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying walk across the guide unaccompanied. I'm not saying that, okay? Don't seek out pain on purpose. But I'm talking about what are we supposed to do when the inevitable pain of life comes and it camps on the front doorstep of our life? What do we do when an illness turns terminal? What do we do when, when, when a job is suddenly just gone? and the benefits have run out, and we don't know where else to go? What do we do when a loved one leaves, when a child goes their own way, no matter how good we've trained them? What do we do when, when a prayer goes unanswered? What do we do when, when an addiction sticks its ugly head back up again and we relapse? What do we do when an ordinary day, just like today, suddenly is marred by tragedy? And suddenly, we're in pain because we're human. What do we do then? Well, I believe that the Bible teaches that there are some lessons and truths that we just need to know. First lesson is this. Pain is a great teacher of obedience and empathy. It's a great teacher. My wife Laurel and I have learned a lot through the pain of loss. 
death, cancer, and illness in our family has just run wild. And I'll tell you, even though it has been excruciatingly hard, we wouldn't exchange some of the lessons we've learned in those times for anything. Death will teach you to cherish life because you have no guarantee that you've got it tomorrow. Death will teach you to cherish life like no other thing that I know of that will teach you. Cancer has taught us to go to the doctor regularly. Cancer has also taught us that there is something inside of every human being, this strong will to live, and when you see it tested and pushed, it's like nothing you've ever seen before. Pain has taught us to to, or illness has taught us to love the good days and to stay faithful on the bad days. Pain is, has taught us never to say to somebody that's in pain, I know how you feel, because the truth is you don't. Because it may not be your dad that's dying. It may not be your job that was lost. We've just stricken those words from our life. We don't utter them. We don't ever want to utter them again. I know how you feel, because we don't have a clue. In fact, we've learned that sometimes the greatest act of empathy is when you just simply go and sit and listen and cry. Sometimes that's the greatest gift. I found a passage this past week that I'm not sure has ever caught my attention before in Scripture. It talks about Jesus learning obedience and empathy. It says this in the book of Hebrews. Listen to this. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he, what, and he was heard because of his reverent submission. Although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. Jesus learned that when he was in the pain of his life, when it was absolutely overwhelming, that he still had a choice. He had a choice to to try and obey God's will or battle against God's will. I heard somebody say this the other day. We were actually um, planning uh, planning out the funeral for his son. And, and we were talking about how sometimes we just get so bitter because we don't understand what God's will is. And he made this statement. He goes, why would I want to bite the hand of the one who was reaching to me? Jesus wanted to obey God's will even when it hurts. There's a choice between obeying God's will or battling against it and and in choosing God's will in spite of the pain, Jesus was able to fulfill God's will. And in doing that, He was able to save us. So let me ask a question. When you hurt, do you see that as an opportunity to be faithful or an opportunity to just get bitter? Because bitter will stick with you through a lifetime. That choice is really up to you. Here's the second lesson. Here's the second truth. It goes like this. Pain builds character and confidence. You know, I found a correlation with people who are peaceful and wise. Most of them have the same story. They've been through a lot of pain. The process of living with pain or being in pain, it can either destroy us or it can define us. Scott Wilmot is a a good friend of mine and I miss he and Nancy a lot, faithful members of CTK for years, and they just recently moved to Chelan. Scott actually did a video for us years ago detailing out the number of brain surgeries and back surgeries that he'd been through. I remember one of the things he said in the video. It, It basically said this. He goes, he thanked God for the opportunity to be refined so that he could become a prayer warrior. If you've ever met Scott before, 
you know that he was a man who, who over the years has become quieter, more trusting and more loving. I miss Scott because he used to come in the evenings and in the mornings at church and he'd stand with me in the loading dock and pray over me before I came out to preach. Just a kind, gentle, humble guy who was thankful for every day and pain was his teacher. It built something inside of him. It built a strength, some character, a confidence that, that was able to say along with Job, I know that my Redeemer lives. Romans 5 says this, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out His love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom He has given us. I mean, one of the questions that we never think to ask is this, am I actually better because of my pain? Am I actually better? Paul asked God to take away the thorn in his flesh. We don't even know what it was. But Paul's answer, or God's answer to Paul basically said, Paul, you need to understand it. And I know you're not going to get it, but it goes kind of like this. You're actually better with the pain than without it. Because when you've got the pain, you're humble and you're dependent and you want to stay close to me. It's a radical thought. I mean, just think about it. What would happen in your heart if you embraced the pain of your life instead of trying to avoid it? What if you press deeper into Jesus? I mean, would that be worth it? Now, I want you to understand, by embracing the pain, I'm not saying just roll over and give up. Absolutely not. I'm talking about in the most painful moments of your life to turn to God fully and completely, to learn the lessons, to walk into the fire, to be refined, to be hard-pressed but not crushed, and to stand on the other side of it and be able to say with everything inside of you, even when my world was crumbling, I still trusted in the Lord my God because He was good and faithful and He walked with me. Well, truth number three. I've learned this one to be true. Pain reveals the truth about my faith. If you want to see the true faith of a person, you, a person, you watch them when they're in pain. I walked into the hospital just in the past couple of weeks to see one of our dear older saints of Christ the King. I knew the procedure they were going to undergo was going to cause them unbelievable pain. And I also knew, because they told me ahead of time, that they thought pain meds were for wusses. So they weren't going to take any. So I had no idea what kind of situation I was going to walk into. As I walked down the hallway and got ready to pull back the curtain, I heard a gravelly old voice singing these words on the other side of the curtain. Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, but our toil He doth richly repay. Not a grief or a loss, not a frown or a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. Scripture says in 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter says, in this you greatly rejoice, Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. 
These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. When you hurt, you have an opportunity to shine because you know that Jesus walks with you in your pain. My friends, the Bible tells us that rain falls on the just and the unjust. The cool thing about being one of the just is that it means Jesus is walking with you in the rain what it means. Here's number four, another tough truth. Pain should elicit a a strange response from believers, and the response is joy. That seems a little nuts to me. I mean, Scripture says that there's supposed to be joy in pain, and somehow in our brains, that does not compute, does it? We hear James 1 say this, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. We hear that verse, and we kind of way down in the bottom of our heart go, I really hope that verse is for everybody else in the room and not for me, because I don't want that kind of perseverance development. Thank you very much. I think I'll just pass on that one and I'm going to stay immature and incomplete because it just sounds a whole lot easier than what that guy just described, right? But it says what it says, doesn't it? Pain develops perseverance. Perseverance is what keeps us going. Perseverance strengthens us. It refines us. It allows us to become mature. And when we're spiritually mature, we don't waver when trials and pain come our way because just like Job, we can say it. I know that my Redeemer lives. I've shared four truths about pain, and I would summarize all of them with this little statement. It's at the end of your outline. It kind of goes like this. Pain is a part of life. But God knows our pain, feels our pain, and freely offers refuge from the pain in Himself. I've never met another human being that uh, didn't struggle with the topic of pain. You know, we come up with nice, tidy answers and We we put them on bumper stickers and we stick them on the back of our cars because we hope that it makes us feel better. We want nice, tidy answers. We want instant deliverance. We want God to come in, take away the pain. That'll mean that He's faithful, and then we'll be good from that point on. But sometimes it doesn't come. And when deliverance doesn't show up, we've got a choice. We can trust God, or we can doubt God. Those are really the two options that we have. When it comes to pain, you actually do have an option, and I brought some, an example of it for you so that you could see it. If you don't want to deal with pain, no problem, I got you covered. See, because if you don't want to deal with pain, all you got to do is bubble wrap yourself. Because nothing will ever get through it, and it'll be fine, and... As long as you just kind of keep on going and rolling with it, you can insulate yourself and make it all perfect and wonderful. (laughs) 
No pain in here. Nothing can get to me. I'm fine. I'm good. The problem with this approach is pretty simple, though. If you wrap yourself securely enough, all your protection will smother you. And you'll end up dead. So really, the decision you have is between your insulation or actually going out there and living life and risking love and doing what it is that God has called you to do, knowing that when you hurt, not if you hurt, when you hurt, that God will not move away, but that He'll move closer. About a year and a half ago, I woke up one morning with a screaming metallic hiss inside of my head. I suffer from a condition called tinnitus. Got it from my dad. Thanks, Ernie. And basically what it means is I have the sound of fingernails on a, chalk, on a chalkboard in my head 24-7 and it never stops. Been living it with it for about a year and a half. It, uh, it makes me want to avoid very, very quiet places because when, it's, when I'm alone and that's all I can hear, it just... I have prayed that God would take it away. Because it's hard to concentrate when you've got this screaming going on in your head. I've asked him to take away. I've begged him to take it away. I've pleaded with him to take it away. I've got other people to pray over me so that it would go away. And so far, God's answer has been no. Not yet. So when we talk about pain... I hope no one ever thinks that just because you're up here with a microphone makes you immune or that somehow you have a charmed life that isn't affected by it. Because right now, if I could reach through my eardrum, get a hold of whatever it is that's making this noise and tear it out of my head, I would. Because it just hurts all the time. I've asked God to take it away. And because the answer so far has been no, and believe me, I believe in a God that heals. And I believe that if God wills, He can, like that. But in the meantime, what do I do when it just hurts? I state out loud that I know my God is faithful. I state out loud that God will be a refuge because He promised. And I state out loud that with one hand God is carrying me and with the other hand God is covering me. And in here is the most precious place that a child of God can be. I don't know what kind of pain you're carrying, but I know this. We have opportunities to help. We deal with these kinds of hard questions at Alpha, and if you'd love to...
come for dinner and a movie on Monday nights, we'd love for you to come. Carolyn Merriman is doing a grief and loss workshop. It's coming up. All the details are in your program. I'd love for some of you to have an opportunity to actually jump in and find out what, what you can do with your pain. There's all kinds of next steps, but can I share with you just a couple of next steps that have helped me in the pain with what's going on in my head? You see, I've learned two things about tinnitus. If you could also do me a favor and not send me an email or, or different kinds of herbal things, because I think I've tried it all, okay? Just so you know. Appreciate it. But I've learned that there are two things that I can do to make the screaming in my head go away. If I sing, it goes away. So if you see me in my car, driving up the guide, singing at the top of my lungs, it's as authentic a praise as you'll ever hear from me. Because I sing as loud as I possibly can because it makes the ringing in my head go away. And I don't sing Beach Boy tunes. Not that there's anything wrong with that, okay? I don't sing anything from my old favorite hair band, Survivor. Okay, I don't do that. I sing about Jesus because he's the only one that can do anything about this. I sing and I sing loudly. I found out something else that I can do. I find that when I shout just a little bit, I can't hear it. Which is why you will see me on occasion at the front of Christ the King just kind of slide the stand aside and start talking. Because I find that when I say the name of Jesus out loud, there's something about the E's, the S's, the U's, the S's and the J at the beginning that just seems to make that ringing disappear just a little bit. And when I speak about Jesus and I talk about Jesus and I worship Jesus and I call on the name of Jesus, it makes this pain in the side of my head seem just a little bit more palatable because I know that one day my Redeemer will come and he will touch my ears, and it'll be gone. And in the meantime, and in between time, the only thing that I have to say in the pain is the same thing that Job said. Even though it hurts, I know that my Redeemer lives, and even though my flesh may crumble, someday I will see God. Somebody say amen. That's what we hold to. whatever your pain he knows he cares and he is there would you pray with me tonight as we close God thank you for opportunities to choose Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters here at the Bellingham campus and at the Ferndale campus that they would know that no matter what pain they are going through, that you know, you understand, you care, and you're there. Lord, help us to walk through this because it's not easy. Help us to hear the words of Jesus as he said this to us and may we receive this as a blessing 
the words of Jesus as he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I have overcome the world. So God, I pray peace for my brothers and my sisters. May they know you and the power of your resurrection even as they deal with pain from week to week, day to day. Jesus, thank you for walking in storms. Thank you for being close. Thank you for knowing how pain feels. And thank you for being both the answer and the comfort. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.